0: Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. Have you ever thought that it was too late? to start a new career or that you were too old to make a major change in your life? In this episode, you'll learn how one woman realized the power to reinvent herself at any age. She gives practical advice to people of all ages from millennials to seniors on how to break the rules and still feel safe. She'll teach you how to stop living the life that others expect of you and start living your true passion. She's a teacher, an author, and a certified professional coach. She's earned her master's degree at age 40 and her doctorate at age 56. After retiring at 75, she launched her coaching business and gives workshops to teach people how to reach their full potential and use the lessons in her book, Simple Ways to Transform Your Life, Lessons Learned by a Late Bloomer. It's such an honor and a privilege to introduce Dr. Barbara Plasker. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you so much. Hi, Patty. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> I am really inspired by your story. I, I really think that um, the average person is really afraid to make major changes, you know, throughout their life. And and the older they get, I think, uh, I don't know if this is what you find in, in all your work, but it seems to me from working with clients and, and so forth. The older people get, the harder it is to make any kind of change. Is that what you find? Yeah. What happens
1: is somebody will have a thought that they want to change their life. They want to, maybe they're unhappy in their marriage or they're miserable at their job. And they give themselves, they don't even say, well, two years, I'll do it in two years or I'll do it next year or I'll do it next year. But you can say that for 10 years and you'll still be in the same place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can keep saying, I'll do it later but later just keeps passing you by. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you have someone in your own life that, is, uh, that, was, that you looked up to that kind of inspired you that, wow, I, I can do this at whatever age?
1: I, I was at such a low point when I started my journey. I had just uh, lost, between my 20th and 30th birthday, I lost eight people in my family, including my mother and father. They, all, they passed away. And at the same time, I had I gave birth to three children. So it was a very tumultuous time for me. And between 30 and 35, I was just numb and in grief. I didn't even know I was grieving. I just knew that I had been hit hard by life. And I was... I wanted to know what was wrong with me because I, I, so, I had such low self-esteem and I couldn't figure out who I was. I didn't know what I felt anymore. And I just said, I can't stay this way forever. I was at such a bottom. Mm. I, I have an interesting story. I went to a workshop at that point in time. After it, I took TM training, t- uh, Transcendental Meditation training, and that really helped me get in touch with myself. But I also started attending workshops on, on personal growth and the instructor asked us to do a self-portrait. And what I did was I thought and thought and thought, what could I, I didn't even know who I was. I just put a dot on the piece of paper and I, that's who I am, I'm a dot. Wow. And I, and I had a foot over it, ready to step on the dot. That, that's how low I was. Now, fast forward to later on in my life, I came up with the phrase, it's never too late to bloom. That's the, the name of my coaching business. And while I was writing my book, within the last few years, I realized that that dot was not a piece of dirt, because that's what I thought it was. It was a seed. And I grew that seed
0: and bloomed. Wow. So that's so interesting. But I mean, just from a psychological standpoint, to think of, um, I mean, just a dot on a page.
1: Yeah, I was not. I was not in good shape at that point in time.
0: No, it sounds uh, like you were very severely depressed.
1: Yes, I was, and the only way to go was up, and I, I made, I made a promise to myself that I would spend my life uh, trying to get to the per- to be the person I was meant to be.
0: And and how old were you at that at that
1: point? I was at thirty five when I started the journey.
0: Thirty five.
1: So, yeah. So at thirty seven was when I went back to school and I got my art degree, and and um, then I finally was able I couldn't even send out a resume after I I got my degree and finally I just I went into the closet design business because I could apply my design skills to that and in order to promote the business I started a teaching a class at the local community college called one of these days I'll get organized and and what I found was I really enjoyed working with Student, adult students in the classroom than I did working in closets because I did all the installations myself, and that just sent me to the in the right direction. I realized that I I wanted to help people reach their full potential.
0: So, and that's what made you decide to go ahead and pursue a, your doctorate in adult education.
1: Yes, eventually because I, I, the first job I got when I finally was able to send out my resume was at a university. I worked at Pace University in their adult enrollment division, and I was helping people go back to school, and that was my way of helping people reach their full potential. And I was there for seven years, and the, the management changed, and I felt like I couldn't stay there anymore. I didn't want to be in that job. It, it, I loved the job, but the management just made me feel very small, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to stay small anymore. I wanted to get bigger. Well, I just feeling in myself, I wanted to bloom. more.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of feel like it's um, one of those things that we have to look for someone oftentimes, and and it doesn't sound like you really had somebody in in mind that really, uh, you looked at to for inspiration. But I think that the average person probably really needs a a role model, somebody that they see uh, is doing whatever, you know, they want to do.
1: I agree, and what, one of the things I did in this period of my life was I started to join networking groups, and I attended a lot of seminars, and I did see somebody who was doing exactly what I wanted to do, uh, and I invited her to my home and asked her how she got there. Well, the things that she did were not at all what I would do, but I was inspired by what she was doing. She was helping people reach their full potential, mm-hmm. and I knew that that was what I, I was called to do.
0: hmm Well, I, I, uh, I look at people like, especially the older I get, the more I look at people, okay, 10 years older than me, 20, 30 years older than me. And what are they doing? And what, where do I see myself? And I look at, uh, my mom's very active, you know, she's 82, she'll be 83. My stepmom just turned 80 this year. And (laughs) she made me uh, laugh because she said, you know, don't, don't throw a party for me because I won't come. She, uh-huh. she made sure on her 80th birthday, she spent it hiking in the Yosemite uh, National Park.
1: She Beautiful. Was,
0: yeah. She's, she rides bikes. She jogs, walks, you know, hikes. She's extremely active, to, uh, plays golf. She won like a women's championship golf tournament, you know, in her local area in mm-hmm. Nebraska. And it's like, you know, to me, that's what I want to do. When I'm 80, I want to be hiking in New Yosemite. I can tell you. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't want to be sitting around uh, knitting, which I don't do now. So why do I want to do that when I'm 80?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's funny because this week I did something that I'd never done before. I went to a meeting of a, a community group that was trying to improve the schools in my area. And I was there and I said to myself, what am I doing here? But I'm passionate about the children in my school district not getting a good education there's a a disparity in the, in the mix of, 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 um, groups in this, in the community. And one group is dominated and they're uh, involved in private schooling. So the public schools, they're voting, they're not voting for things to support the kids in the, in the public schools. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this meeting and I agreed to take an action. I've never been an activist. I've never been part of uh, any kind of active movement. I have opinions about things, but I, to kind of, I'm an introvert and I keep to myself, but this was something that raised a, raised something in me that said I want to do something here. So that's a, maybe the next step in my life. I, I really don't know.
0: <laughs> well, do you mind if I ask how old you are? Um, uh, no, I'm
1: 77. 70, 77. Yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. you retired two years ago, then, right? And and now you're you're you've embarked on this whole new career of coaching and and doing workshops, and it sounds like possibly some. Activist work and maybe you never know. <laughs> maybe you'll run for political office. <laughs> no, please, no. <laughs> Don't get crazy. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no. But you know, the the major part of what I've done in the last two years is is write my book. Yeah. And um, I'm just so pleased that uh, I was able to complete it because I started it in 2009, mm-hmm. and I put it aside because my husband was ill for for a few years, and he passed away in 2010. And I picked it up again on, in 2016, and it's done. And I just, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that I finished that. That right. was a, on right. my bucket that's, list.
0: Well, I think that's so fantastic. What What else did you, uh, before I, because I want to get some tips from you that you, sure. that you give in your, in, your, uh, in your workshops. But mm-hmm. what else is on your bucket list? I'm just curious. Peace. Peace and serenity.
1: That's, that's what I want. That's my goal. I don't have to have anything i've done some traveling in my life i do like to travel but um right now i'm my income is low lowered because i'm not working um so i'm trying to um, create opportunities for for more income Mm -hmm. and um I'll just take it one day at a time. It's funny, people ask me, Hey Barbara, do you remember when and I say no, I live one day at a time. I don't remember back there. It's
0: <laughs> <That's> my excuse. <laughs> do you find that uh um that when you get to a certain age, if that that there's ageism, that people look at people uh once they're, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty, certainly by a certain point. Do you do you have you ever experienced that or do you feel that? There's I a- have,
1: yeah. When I don't even remember how long ago it was, but it must have been 30 years ago. Yeah, 30, maybe something around it, 30 years ago. I interviewed for jobs, and I just felt that ageism was a was an issue uh, because I was being interviewed by younger people. They they had no idea what what I bring because I've got wisdom now. So it, to, be, to dismiss an older person, especially one that's been active in the business world for uh, all their lives, they bring something to uh, the workplace. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, absolutely. But I definitely think that that's uh, something that a lot of people can relate to even at, you know, 45, 50, 55, because like you said, you go out there trying to get, uh, change careers or say something happens and your company downsizes and then you have to change jobs. And then all of a sudden you're competing, you know, with people that are much, much younger
1: Well, that happened to me. I was downsized when I was 64. I was working at a hospital as a staff development specialist, and I was downsized. My husband was ill. I needed insurance. I needed to work. I was 64 years old, and I did some networking, and I found uh, somebody who was eager to hire me, and that was the um, civil service job. Uh, I worked as a public health educator, so all of my jobs, I've, I've worked with so many different kinds of populations. So I had to learn a whole new curriculum. But my teaching skills as an adult educator, you know, I could transfer those skills wherever I went. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, I had to, I had what's interesting, I had to pass a civil service test in order to get this job. So I was there from 64 years old to 75 years old. I was there for 11 years.
0: Wow.
1: And I had to pass... I had to take a civil service test and the requirement for the test was to have nine credits that a medical student would have to take as an undergrad. I had a biology degree, not because I wanted to major in biology. I wanted to be an art major when I was in high school. I chose biology because I had a crush on my biology teacher as a major, because I wanted to be an art major and my parents would not, did not support that. So I had to major in something, so I chose biology. Now, if I hadn't had that experience when I was 16, I would not have gotten the job when I was 64. Interesting. And, and so I think that in our lives, I believe there's a spirit guide that, that we all have. And that spirit guide knew what I needed when I was 64, I did not know that.
0: Hmm. Uh, well, that makes a lot of sense, though, doesn't it? Yes. And, and you don't even realize that something that, you know, that, that by the time you get older, too, not only your life, your, your, your life experiences, how much they're going to accumulate and benefit you at some point, even when you're not expecting them. But I think even yeah. employers should realize that people who, uh, who are looking to employ people to not discount just because somebody's older. I, I agree 100%. Definitely. Well, what made you uh, decide to write the book?
1: I had grown in so many different ways. And what I noticed that the things that I learned and was able to integrate into my life people learned the concept, but they didn't know how to apply it to their lives. Everything I've learned, I've applied. And so the way my book is written, there are uh, 28 chapters. Each chapter has a concept like um, balance or um, courage, um, acceptance, all the things that I've learned. And I tell a story about each one of these concepts from my personal life or from one of my clients' lives. And then that's the first section. Then there's lesson learned. That I, what did I learn from that experience? Something for the reader to think about in their own lives. And a helpful exercise for the reader, so it's it's really well organized by concept. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, acceptance. I was told by a doctor that I was I, I could have diabetes if I didn't watch my my food, and I said that's it must be a mistake. The t- the test was a mistake. Next time, two years later, I got the same information from her. I did I denied it, and two years later, I denied it. And then one day, I was started to take my blood sugar. And I saw that it was too high and I said, okay, I, it's time for me to accept that this is what I need to live with right now. Mm-hmm. And acceptance is a really important principle because most people, when they see something they need to change, they want to change it immediately. And so they want to go from awareness to change. And I believe there's a middle step there. It's called acceptance. You have to accept the ground you're standing on before you can take a step up the ladder to change your life. So that's what I've put in the the chapter on acceptance.
0: Yeah, that's uh, easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. It is. Definitely. Well, tell us, how do you, I know you talk about like breaking the rules and still feel safe. What what does that mean?
1: Um, I'll, I'll just talk about my experience when I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to get an art degree. Now, my parents did not support me in that. I wanted to go to an art high school, an art college, and they did not accept that. When, when I was 37, I, I realized that I was carrying a 20-year resentment against my parents for not letting me go to art school. And I said to myself, the parents are not here anymore. Why don't you go and get your art degree? You can, you can let go of that resentment. And I did. And then my husband said to me, I don't want you to go because it was a distance. I was uh, living in the northern suburb of New York City, and I had to go to Brooklyn to go to school. And his fear was that I was going to get into an accident, and that's why he didn't want me to do that. And I said to myself, you know, I'm I'm a grown woman. I'm 37 years old. I have the money. I have to take care, arrange for my children's care. But this is something that is doable for me. And I did not let his opinion stop me. And I think that's the people we, that love us want to keep us safe, that, you know, just perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. And what's ironic is that, you know, one day I went to school. I left the house before he did. He commuted into the city and I had an accident. His, his dream. And he came along maybe five minutes after I left the house and he saw me on the side of the road, you know, with the car and it, having been in an accident and a police officer. So I survived. I can't let other people's fears for me stop me Mm -hmm. I I need I needed to become the person that I was meant to be and I because of my history I just said I can't let anything stop me from doing that because I really wanted to feel whole Mm -hmm. and myself
0: yeah I I think that's uh, really, really good advice, and I think that's something that a lot of people, uh, in, including myself, you have to get to a certain age before I think you allow yourself. Even I think, especially women, uh, men are used to kind of doing whatever they want. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think, yeah. but I think women uh, tend to um, need to get to the point where, hey, I I can do it. This is my life too, and yeah. yeah, yeah, we're in a partnership. Yeah, we're you know I'm in a marriage. I'm in a relationship. Whatever it may be but you're but you're entitled to do mm-hmm. whatever it is you want to do too. it's your life too, and you get one and that's it. that's what that's I tell me. <laughs> and then the older the, the older I get, the more i uh, I keep that in mind that I get one shot and and that's that's why I started the podcast you know uh, last fall was really because it's something that really drives me. I love to to meet great people like yourself and to to get word out to i i see clients every single day of the week that are stressed out to the hilt they've got a lot going on they're moving they're changing jobs they're downsizing upsizing having a baby getting a divorce mm-hmm. all these big life changes kind of right. like you know kind of what we're talking about today a little bit as far as you know making a change especially with divorce and things like that but um and so they're really stressed and so i think you know this is my way of, of helping people get out there and then sharing stories like yours that to me are so inspiring for people to, to realize you're, you're never too old to start doing something else.
1: Never. No. It's funny because my, my mother died when I was pregnant with my third child. I was 27 years old. And my parents always wanted to go to Europe. And so after she passed away, my father went to Europe by himself. And he died two years after my mother. So they both died in their 50s. And only my father got to go to Europe. And he had to go by himself because he didn't have my mother to go with. So it, to me, that's an example of what you're saying. You, you only have one life and you have to take, make sure that you live it because you don't want to uh, have regrets at the end of your life.
0: No, and you don't have forever. No. <laughs> so I always like to think, you know, you, you better get to getting, you know, because uh-huh. <laughs> if you don't, I mean, you're going to blink and it's going to be 10 years later. Exactly. You know, you're going to be, and, and in fact, I always try to look at it too. Every birthday, I always think to myself, um, you know, okay, just like when I turned 50 a couple of years ago, it was like. Okay, I'm 50 now. Yeah, that sounds, ooh, that sounds old. And then I think to myself, yeah, but when, if I, and if I was 40, then 50 sounds, oh, God, that sounds terrible. But then I think to myself, but if I was 60, 50, it'd sound pretty damn good, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think it's yeah. all in a, in a, that glasses half full versus half empty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, one of the things I used to tell the students at, at, when I worked at the university is, Because they would come in and they were, they were very afraid to start school again. And I said, you know, 10 years from now, you're going to be 10 years older. You can be 10 years older with a degree or just 10 years older. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When are you going to start? You want the degree.
0: (laughs) Well, that's, that is so true because in fact, I didn't finish my, uh, my bachelor's degree until I was I think I was 34. I had already had two kids, been married for, you know, gosh, I think 12 years at that point, which is hard to believe. Wow. And I had been going. I had, I had you know, done a couple years of college right out of high school and then kind of thought, oh, I don't, you know really need all this and and what whatever and had a, a job in the federal government and um and then had two kids and all that was married and then it was like one day i decided wow i really need to go back to school i need to get my degree so i went back to school part-time while i had the kids and and then just one day it was like wow i'm i'm about ready to graduate it was like yeah. it, it seemed like it was going to be forever but you know one day it did happen but it was i just never stopped going until i mm-hmm. got it done right you know, it's just, I think a lot of times people think that if they don't do it by a certain point, like, oh, if I don't do it right out of high school, get their college then they just won't go.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things, the important things that I, the message I want to give to people is we tend to make de- decisions based on the the chatter in our mind. Our mind is always going. We have 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day and most of them are not initiated by my intentions it's just something that people say to me or I have to I have to do this because I want people to like me or something happened to me when I was a kid and I made a decision that I wasn't going to take any risks anymore because I, look I took a risk and look what happened to me so all of this stuff is floating around in in our heads and we need to realize that we are not there's another part of us that is can separate ourselves from that chatter in our mind and we can observe it and evaluate it and see if it's still true for us. Because what, what was true for us at seven years old when I just made a decision that I took a risk and I'm not going to. I saw a sh- The Bachelor the other day. A woman had uh, terrible experiences with dogs when she was a kid. She didn't want to go near a dog. Well, you're a grown woman now. You can make a different decision if you know you can make a different decision. So I like to think of the mind as a radio Mm-hmm. it's got one preset station and it's all the baloney that we've learned throughout our lives. But there are other stations because the station that we're tuned into is, is in my case, was very negative. I was blaming other people for my, my circumstances. I was complaining about things that didn't go my way. And that's what was happening in this, uh, called. it's called the monkey mind. And, um, I had to realize that I have to separate myself and turn, find another station. And, and now I'm tuned into gratitude. That's the station I go to, the, the, the station that says peace and serenity, you can have it. And so when I have that station on, I can make decisions based on what I want, not what the monkey mind tells me to do.
0: Kind of like that, that programming. Right. Like a, like a paradigm shift. Yes, that is what, I guess it uh, sounds like what you're talking about, like the people so so tell us about the habits and patterns that people get into that I know you write about in your book that that really keep people stuck.
1: Oh, I, I, I give an example of one of my one of my clients whose whose husband had some issues around money. And every time she had to raise a question about money, he would go into a, a, a crazy spin. So she had to think about how was she going to approach him? So that he could hear her. She had changed jobs and she was working as a consultant now. And she had, they weren't going to take her withholding out. She would have to take care of it herself. And she wanted to tell him about it. And as soon as she mentioned it, he he left the room. He was was so panicky about this new situation he had to deal with. So she had to plan her approach on how she was going to talk to him. Because she knew that this was a pattern of his. And I realized that she needed to change, not only plan the approach, but plan the expectation. She knows what's going to happen. So she's got to plan for herself how she's going to deal with what happens. It's it's very convoluted, but it's, um, you can't, you can, you do, let other people determine what you do. I just heard a quote today that I loved. It was um, Stephen Covey, I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. And my, my goal in the processes that I use is to help people be able to come to a choice, their own choice about what they want. And that happens through that process, observing, observing the mind, becoming aware, um, observing the mind with a non judgmental, neutral observer. So it's like you're studying a a scientific experiment and you're taking yourself away from getting personally involved in the observation. And then when there'll come a time when you're aware of, like I have this really crazy story. There's a voice in my head that says stupid. Every time I make a mistake or I'm driving along and I make a wrong turn, immediately that voice says stupid. And I finally begin to hear it in the moment. And so what I started to do with it, because every time I heard it, it would diminish my self-esteem. So now every time I hear it, I would say to it, you'd think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the voice. Right, the voice. I said, I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm a smart woman. Look what of all I've accomplished in my life. Um, and I'm a, an adult now. And you can stop me calling me stupid. And it, it didn't stop. But the other day I had a different experience and I said to it, I realized when it's stupid, it didn't even, this whole word didn't even come out. St- and I said, oh, well, because I made a mis- I, I, I did a load of laundry, a large load with the, 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 the dial on small load. So I was mad at myself because I didn't have the, the whole wash done. And instead of saying stupid, I said, oh, well it's just like i just said that's the way it is mhm
0: yeah so. well I, I personally like the triggers where if you have a word like like you're describing you have you hear the word stupid if i have a a negative recurring thought about or a fear and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a recurring thought that's you know something that you know i'm afraid of happening um, then I'll, as soon as that thought comes in my head, then I'll have something that I've already thought about ahead of time that every time I have that thought, I'm going to envision, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever good imagery that I right. want to think of so that it's, mm-hmm. I don't, so that it's instantaneous. It's, it, you know, as soon as I have that thought again, then I have the vision that I want to to reprogram. Mm-hmm. And so that it occurs less and less and you don't have so right. much of that fear happening or the or the negative thought. Right. You know, beating yep. yourself up. Yep. <laughs> sounds like you do. <laughs> yes, I do.
1: I do. I don't. I don't do it as much anymore. I think that's the last remnant of anything because I, I really come to a place of cho- making a decision to choose peace. That's. I want peace of mind. I don't want to hurt myself anymore. That's, and I'm 77 years old. It's time I, I learned that, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, so your goal is by 80 that you'll have a, <laughs> <laughs> no more it. Right. <laughs> Calling you stupid. Right. <laughs> well, what, um, just to kind of um, wrap up, kind of, if you had to give one of your best pieces of advice or tips for someone uh, listening that, that would be thinking, well, I don't know what... I what my passion is. I don't know. You know, that's maybe not feeling even quite like that dot on a page, like you described right. earlier. But just they they really feel clueless as to what their mission or their purpose in life is. What would you say um, to that person? Um, I have five key steps to to
1: getting the life that you love, and and the first one is to be willing to let go of your comfort zone and try something different because it's really hard to leave that safe place that you're in. And think about, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So the next step is to just explore, take risks, go out of your comfort zone to see what's possible. I mean, one of the things I did in that time period was I went back to school and I got teacher certification. And as soon as I stepped into a classroom, my first time in the classroom, I said, oh my God, let me out of here. This was, it wasn't, so I made a mistake. But I was willing to learn from my mistakes, go back to the starting block and see what else I could do. What, um, I think there's a question. If, you, if, you, if money wasn't an issue, what, what, what would you be doing? How would you be living your life? And it doesn't have to be um, a career choice or a marriage. It, it can just be anything in your life. Like I'm playing with the idea of getting a dog. There's a part of me that wants a dog. And there's a part of me that doesn't want a dog. So I'm, I'm, amb- I'm amb- ambiguous, you know, mm-hmm. I have, so you have to, so I don't move. That's another thing that prevents us from moving. We may have a thought we want to do this, but then there's another part of us that says, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, we're stuck between what we want to do and what the voice that says, no, you can't do that.
0: hmm that, so that sounds like um, a really good thing to kind of hold on to that, that notion or that idea that whatever you would do, if you didn't, if if money wasn't even an issue, what what would you find yourself doing if, if it wasn't about, you know, making money? Right. And that, that sounds like that. There's a lot of your answer right there. And mm-hmm. then if you can make money doing it. Great. Then you're right. <laughs> then right. you're in great shape. <laughs> my right. fa- my father was a um, uh, was an Air Force pilot and he flew uh, Air Force One in the seventies. And he always used to say to my mother when when I was little, he would say, "I can't believe they pay me to do this." Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he just he just loved it. He loved right. to fly. He's deceased now, but he loved to fly all the time and and always did all the way up until his death. And so. That is the best life right there. If you can mm-hmm. get paid to do what you love, yeah. you're always going to be happy.
1: Yeah. One of the women that retired when I did, she always wanted to be involved in the theater. And so she volunteered at a theater group, and she was the dresser. And she was in that environment, that, and she was happy. You know, that made her happy being in that environment. That's not something she ever participated in before. It's it's not too late to do whatever your heart desire is. You don't have to do it to the level of... I used to think if I'm going to be an artist, I have to be Michelangelo. No, that's wrong. I can just draw pictures. I don't have to be Michelangelo. We, we don't have to have that... I can, I'm only a success if I reach the pinnacle. That's not true. I'll be successful if I make my heart happy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and not only do you not have to be uh, the, the top to be successful, but you also have to, to get, to be the top. Michelangelo didn't start off Michelangelo. Right. Michelangelo started off being just a, just a regular old artist. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and that's true that the, the, the 10,000 hour principle, if you've ever heard of that before, you have to do mm-hmm. anything. If you do anything, 10,000 hours or more, you'll get absolutely fantastic at it. You will be you know, one of the best at it. I mean, Bill Gates and a lot of others understand that principle. And I think so. You just have to start, though.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's I, interesting you put it that way, because that's, I've devoted my, the last 40 some odd years of my life to doing personal growth work. And so I'm, I'm good at it now. Mm-hmm. And I can help other people.
0: Well, I am, I just am truly inspired by you, Barbara, and uh, I want to thank you so much. And I please tell us how people can find you and how they can buy your book and, and find you sure. online.
1: Okay. The book is called Simple Ways to Transform Your Life. It's on Amazon and you can buy it by going to Amazon, put in my name or put in the title of the book, Simple Ways to Transform Your Life. I'm... I have a website that's being it's in under construction right now. It's uh, com, so that that should be easy.
0: And it's B-A-R-B-A-R-A-P-L-A-S,
1: as in Sam K E R.com. dot .com. And let me I have I have a phone number I can give you. it's 845 393 4673.
0: Okay, so if anybody wants to reach out to you, would love some advice on how they can reinvent themselves and get going and uh, stop being the the dot on a page, (laughs) (laughs) they need to reach out. Well, thank you so much. This has been a, a wonderful, inspiring time with you, so I really appreciate it, Barbara.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Um, I I appreciate it so much.
0: All right. And this wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show. And please uh, always remember to create a master plan for your life, because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So uh, until next time, we'll see ya.